Are we allowed to talk about the Steelers now and just the Steelers? Again, I want to be sensitive. I'm a sensitive guy. I've cried at Hallmark commercials. In fact, the end of Click made me tear up. I'm sensitive. I understand the gravity of the Ryan Shazier situation. But I want to turn my attention to Baltimore because I've got no new information on Ryan Shazier. Nobody has any new information on Ryan Shazier. And if the Steelers are going to prepare for Baltimore, then I think we can too. If Ryan Shazier tells the Steelers that they need to go ahead business as usual, then I feel like we should operate business as usual on this program. And so we will. Arthur Motes at middle linebacker. I don't hate it. Here's why. Communication. The guy's been in the defense. Now, so has Sean Spence, who the Steelers brought in to be a middle linebacker now with Tyler Matikiewicz out and, of course, Ryan Shazier out. Sean Spence says the defense hasn't changed much since he last left in 2015, and okay, that very well might be true, but I still don't want him communicating the defensive shifts prior to a play against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Arthur Motes is much, much better at that. Arthur Motes has been around this longer. Arthur Motes knows the defensive calls. And Arthur Motes played a little inside in Buffalo. I believe in his abilities. He'll be fine. The issue, of course, is that Ryan Shazier wasn't fine. Uh, The issue, of course, is that Ryan Shazier is the fastest linebacker in the National Football League, a smart guy, and he goes sideline to sideline better than anyone in football. Arthur Motes can't do that. He can make you laugh. He's a funny guy. Hell of a personality. But I don't think you're going to be happy with what you see in comparison to what Ryan Shazier was able to bring to the table. That's one issue that the Steelers have to deal with moving forward. Here's what the Steelers have to deal with moving forward when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. They stink on offense. Joe Flacco is 29th in the National Football League in adjusted quarterback rating, uh, so that's bad, really bad. You hear all the time, well, if the Jags didn't have Blake Bortles, I'm here for you if you want to have the conversation that starts with, imagine where the Ravens would be without Joe Flacco. Because seriously, imagine where the Ravens would be without Joe Flacco. They've got 33 sacks, ninth in the National Football League. They've got 29 freaking takeaways, 20 of which are interceptions. They've scored on a punt return and a kickoff return. This football team, if you don't turn the football over, you're probably going to beat them. But it's really hard to not turn the football over. They'll beat you on special teams. Their punter's the best in the league. Their kicker is within range anytime the Ravens cross the 50. If it's a close game, bet on Baltimore. Now, if the Steelers stop the run, they're going to win the game. Stop the run, take care of the football, you're going to beat a Baltimore team that has not beat a team with a winning record this season. But it's still scary given the Steelers' propensity to turn the football over. Ben Roethlisberger has had his ups and downs this year. I thought he played very well against the Green Bay Packers. I thought he played okay against Cincinnati, but in both games he threw interceptions. Go back to last year. Ben Roethlisberger was still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but he turned the football over a lot. Ben Roethlisberger, even at his best, gives the ball to the other team. So that, to me, is the biggest key of the game coming up on Sunday. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've got my man, Matt Williamson, joining us. 
at high time, 420, to discuss the Baltimore Ravens matchup and to talk a lot about what else is going on around the National Football League, the playoffs. Uh, right now, the playoff picture looks like it's going to be pretty topsy-turvy in both conferences. What does he really think about the Baltimore Ravens? We'll get into that coming up in about 15 minutes. I've got Vince Communal joining me at 540 to talk a little Penguins hockey as they won last night. Oh, my gosh. Everyone is bemoaning the fact that the Penguins gave up a point to the Islanders. Shut the bleep up. Who cares? You never want to give a point to the team that you're chasing. For the love of God, just win hockey games. They're going to make the playoffs. They've won five of six. I'd argue that they deserve to win six of six. They're finally turning things around. They're finally moving in the right direction. I'm not going to bemoan them if it took overtime to beat a pretty good Islanders club. Give me a freaking break. Here's something that's been discussed very limitedly here in the city, at least in my listening to the sports talk radio scene today. Sidney Crosby took a shoulder to the head from Jordan Eberle, which looked way too much like the David Steckel hit going back to the Winter Classic back in 2011. I'm a little sick and tired of Sidney Crosby getting hit in the head and everyone playing it off like it's an accident. Yeah, yesterday's probably was an accident, but why do I got to keep giving people the benefit of the doubt? Who gets hit in the head more than Sidney Crosby? You think that Jordan Eberle didn't know that he was in the vicinity? I hate whenever hockey players don't have control of their own body. Sidney Crosby always knows what he's doing on the ice. Always. That's why he's one of the best of all time. Evgeny Malkin always knows what he's doing on the ice. Now, sometimes his temper will get the best of him, and he'll fly off the handle, but he's not out there trying to hurt people. Neither is Jordan Eberle, but, bro, give me a freaking break. Don't skate through him that way, man. I'm sick and tired of Crosby not getting the benefit of the doubt on these things. And I hate headshots overall. It's what I've talked about literally all week on the show when it comes to football. In hockey, it's just as bad. And Jordan Eberle, come on, man. You gots to know better than that. Jake Gensel's goal, his 13th of the season, is now going to be credited to Chris Letang. Good for Letang. He needs a little pick-me-up. Jake Gensel will score again tomorrow because he always freaking scores. When he gets hot, man, he's a stud. When he gets hot, he's one of the better scoring wingers in the league, and he's been putting them in pretty quickly of late for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It wasn't a perfect game by Pittsburgh. I think that some of their mistakes, some of their turnover problems, some of their sloppiness can take away from what is still one of the fastest hockey teams in the National Hockey League, their speed isn't as much of a factor when they're not managing the puck well. That's one thing you got to keep an eye on moving forward, but they're Pittsburgh. They'll figure it out. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Phil Kessel, Connor Sheary, Jake Gensel, they manage the puck well. They're still in a little bit of a malaise, but again, they've won five of six. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, like no one gives Sidney Crosby when he gets hit in the freaking head. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. When I think about what the Penguins did last night, the most surprising thing is twofold. What happened in the game with Riley Sheehan scoring a goal, and then what Mike Sullivan said after the game, which is, he's got a great shot. We expect more from Riley Sheehan. 
You watch the guy play? Now, last night's shot was a good one, and he did show that he is capable of that. And if you've got that in your arsenal, pull it out a little bit more. That's what she said. I want to see more of that from Riley Shane. Shoot the puck more often. Become more of a threat on the offensive side. That's what I need to see from him. That's what the Penguins want to continue to see from him. And he, if you look at the comparison between Nick Bonino and Matt Cullen, has more points than both of them. He's not played as poorly as I've made it seem. He's not played as poorly as others have made it seem. But if he's got that shot, unleash it. Yesterday was Star Wars night at PPG Paints Arena. And, okay, I don't have a problem with it. I like Star Wars. Dan Potash was dressed as Darth Maul. Interesting character for him. Uh, I've never thought of Dan Potash as a sinister dude. Plus, did Darth Maul ever say a word in Star Wars? I don't think so. I don't think he ever opened his mouth. He can never shut Potash to bleep up. So, poor character choice on his part. Check out Tim Benz's column in the Trib where he compared some current Penguins and former Penguins to Star Wars characters. It was very funny. I read it on my way over here whenever I was online and driving. And it's very safe. 412-922-2874. The thing about last night's Star Wars night is that there were these media guardians that were irritated that how dare you bring something so silly into the seriousness of PPG Paints Arena. How dare you have fun with sports? I mean, do I have to genuflect every time I walk to my seat? Do I have to bow my head whenever I walk into PPG Paints Arena? Give me a break. Colin Dunlap, Andrew Filipponi, others said, this is kind of stupid. And maybe it is, but it's December. The season's going to go until June. Sometimes you need something to liven it up a little bit, and... I know that the old school peeps are going to say, well, hockey should be the only form of entertainment. Okay, I guess, but you got to grow up a little bit. you got to understand the time that we're living in. The dude who played C-3PO was there last night. He's been in every Star Wars movie. That's kind of cool. Just deal with it. Why do you got to defend tooth and nail the sanctity of sports? This is one of the things that really pisses me off as a sports broadcaster when you see a sports anchor wear a suit like what are you doing when you see a sports anchor behave like a diva what are you doing i don't get that i don't understand why we need to make this more serious than it is dudes are kicking a ball around for a living dudes are playing on a giant slab of ice for a living NFL players, yeah, there's serious risk out there. Same thing in the National Hockey League. But, again, they're throwing a ball around for a living. I don't need to look at it through any other scope than it's just sports. And if you acknowledge that it is just sports, you're allowed to interject some fun. You're allowed to realize that, hmm, the sport doesn't need to be the only thing that's going to entertain you that night. Turkey Get off ball. my lawn. Quit looking at the clouds and screaming at them. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Matt Geica of DKPittsburghSports.com will join me at 5 o'clock. He ripped those guys on Twitter last night saying, Why do you need to be the guardians of all things sport? Which, frankly, shocked me. I really like Geica. He comes on the show. He makes the show smarter. He's a smart dude. 
but he's one of those sabermetric guys, and he does take sports very seriously, but luckily not to that extreme. There is another extreme. The numbers people who need their sports to come with a heavy dose of analysis. I like analysis, but I like analysis in an entertaining fashion. I can't stand a three-hour sports update. That's not what radio is supposed to be. It's just not. What radio is supposed to be is entertainment. And if you realize that sports are just for fun, then you don't need to cover a hockey game like it is foreign policy. You don't need to cover a hockey game like you're covering the United Nations. You don't need to cover a hockey game like it's war. There's a pun there. War. Hmm. What is it good for? More of a... Yeah, what else? More of a tune there than if you'd say XFIP. Hmm. What is it good for? Doesn't rhyme quite as well. I'm here for the fun. I'm here for the analysis. I'm here for the fun. And for some more fun. That's what we do here on the Crowley Show. Coming up next, always fun, and brings the analysis. He is Matt Williamson from the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Nation Radio. You can check him out on the Locked On NFL Podcast. The Ravens haven't beat anyone good. Are they good? Is anyone good in the NFL? Voice cracked. Matt Williamson next, Crowley Show. And the homoerotic volleyball scene in Top Gun. I mean, who didn't You're question the out? Yeah, I mean, come on now. Can yeah, I talk to you about football now, Goose? Please. Why did you want to be called Goose, actually? I, I, I retract my previous statement. I would like to know why you wanted to be called Goose. I don't know. I, it, it certainly had Top Gun references. Didn't see myself as a maverick, that's for sure. No doubt. Uh, uh, no doubt. I mean, he's a short little fella anyway. Yeah, that's I don't it. know. It didn't have to come from Top Gun. There was no good reason behind it. It was college fraternity days. Who knows? So you weren't, well, okay, well, that begs this question. You weren't running around shoving your thumb up people's butts, were you? Goosing them, so to speak? Yes. Um, rarely. Uh, Brian shaking his head here on site, saying that that's not what a goose is. Uh, and, in fact, that would be uh, sexual assault. So, uh, Matt Williamson <laughs> joining me here. Goose, Matty Ice. Matt, the tool man Williamson, on the Crowley Show, a breaker of chains. Matt, mother the dragon. Ravens, mother dragons, comes to town uh, this weekend. Uh, the Ravens do. The king not, of the North, dude. You're not the king of the North. The Steelers are the kings of the North. <laughs> uh, and I think they're going to prove it this weekend. Thank you. Finally, a transition. Nice work. Professionally done. Seven and five, playing their best football. They're scoring some points. You pointed out that they are averaging point one less points per game than the Raven, uh, than the Steelers are. Are the Ravens? They haven't beat anybody good though. So are, no. are they? Are they good? Tell me. Tell me more. Tell me more. It's almost like the Bengals a little bit, where it looks like they're starting to find themselves on offense right before playing the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like. Cincinnati didn't run on anybody, but they run on the Browns, and they come here, and they look like they might have had the running game fixed. This has been about the worst offense in the league, and trust me, I'm not sold, but the offensive line starting to show some continuity. Flacco's coming off his best game of the season. They actually took deep shots and threw the ball downfield, which they absolutely should try to do on Sunday night. But the Lions rushed the passer very poorly. Their secondary was in total turmoil. They played very badly on defense, too. 
But the Steelers, he isn't, is a little on the vulnerable side now as well. Um, so, but you know what? I, I said this to Stan earlier. Playing the Ravens is like playing the Devils when they had Brodeur. You know, you're like, everything's hard. They're well coached. Every goal counts. You know, like, like it's a big deal just to get, get one on net, let alone one in the net. You know, because they're so good on defense and special teams, they make playing against them very difficult. What does Stan call you? Uh, you know that X's and O's show or song? Yeah. That's how they introduced me on there. Of course it is. Matt it's Williamson, Matty Ice, Goose, Matt the Toolman Williamson, Breaker of tra- Chains, Mother of Dragons, King of the North, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, yeah, it does make a lot of sense what you're saying, Matt. And they're a difficult team to play against. They've got 29 takeaways. they got 33 sacks. They do so many things well on that side of the ball. Plus, they've got a kick returner who scored a touchdown, a punt returner who scored a touchdown. they got the best punter in the game, maybe, and they definitely have the best kicker in the game. So uh, they'll small ball your ass to death. What's your feeling going into this game? Because... All season long, I've thought, oh, the Steelers, they rolled them in Baltimore. I feel really good about that game in Pittsburgh. I still feel good about it, but I don't feel as good as I did three weeks ago. No, and I don't feel good about the defense. You know, I mean, I still think that the Steelers will control the line of scrimmage, probably get some pressure on Flacco, but there's a lot of injuries, obviously. Um, I think, you know, I mentioned that they throw deep downfield. Yeah, they did, but really they are a dink-and-dunk team like crazy, and I think those Steelers linebackers are ready to be exposed in coverage, the second-level guys, in a huge way. Oh, by the way, Brady's coming next week. I don't know if you heard. Um, The corners, I'm not sold on the corners. So the back seven, or give or take, has me concerned. More so next week than this week, but if you allow – you know, if Wallace gets behind you, you get a kick blocked, and Ben turns the ball over two or three times, that's the win, and I could write the script pretty easily. Yeah, you just did, uh, via radio. Yeah, yes, I did. Creative writing major, by the way, in college. Yeah, it's really gotten you far. Uh, Matt Williamson, oh, God, I'm going to have to go through <laughs> it all took, again. Dude, it only took me 12 terms to get out. You and me, we had that in common, my friend. Right. Matt, let me ask you this. Uh about the Steelers and again all sensitivity I feel like I gotta add this footnote to everything it's a huge blow to the Steelers themselves without Ryan Shazier I mean I don't think that can be overstated again the most important thing is his health and I don't care if he ever plays again so long as he can regain normalcy other than that but the middle of the defense it's gonna be a sieve yeah, I don't see a good solution either. You know, like Stan. No. Oh, Arthur Motes, here we go. Yeah, I don't like that at all, by the way. <laughs> I like I the communication like aspect of it, Matt, but I I, I, I I, mean, from a, from a hey, this guy's our new starting inside linebacker situation, uh, not so much. And maybe downhill playing the run, being physical, fine, but turn it, flipping your hips and dropping into a zone against Woodhead, let alone Burkhead and Gronk and those guys. Boy, he should have a huge bullet, you know, a huge target right on the middle of his chest. Um, I'd play Fort more, but apparently they don't agree with me. Uh, would you ask me? Oh, Shazir, I mean, you and I did a million pregame shows, and we all said that he's the guy that you can lose the least. You know, like I think Hayward's having a better year than Shazir, 
but the drop off from him to his replacements is massive. I mean, absolutely massive. That I almost feel like a fast, athletic defense, you know, littered with early picks, now slow. You know, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, like, are they? Do they have good team speed now on that side of the ball? You know, do they have that Paul Amalu Shazier guy that makes up for mistakes because of just a ridiculous range? Um, you know, in the fantasy community, it's kind of like a known thing. Don't start your tight ends against the Steelers because they shut them down. Do they still? Uh, I bet they don't next week. Um, it's gigantic. Matt Williamson, Matty Ice, Goose, Matt the Toolman Williamson, uh, Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons, and King in the North joining me here on the Crowley Show. Matt, the Steelers' offense, I think, has been pretty good over the last four weeks, if you include the second half in Indy, and this is selective broadcasting here, uh, I suppose, in selective analysis, but if you discredit the first half against Cincinnati as well, given the circumstances, I think they've finally found themselves. Of course, now the defense is uh, poised to not be playing as well, but uh, the offense, to me, I finally feel a little bit more confident in. Agreed. And a lot of it has to do with the quarterback, too. I know you and I have had this conversation a lot. Um, I think he's playing very, very well over that, that stint that you mentioned, which is Vastly reassuring, obviously. I mean, it's the most important position. It's a Hall of Fame guy. He's still playing well. And that makes a lot of problems go away. You know, I'm like, I don't think people talk about it, but I don't think their run blocking's been that good this year. I still think it's a really good line, but I don't think they've done a great job run blocking. That's so, fair. You know, but you don't really notice it because the offense has a lot of weapons. They have the best receiver in the league. They have the best running back in the league. That sure helps. Um, so, yes, I mean, to answer your point, yeah. I mean, I wish they were getting more of the tight end position. I wish the run blocking was better. But that's nitpicking. I mean, I think this is now a good offense. Matt Williamson, nitpicker, goose, mother of dragons, king in the north, and the Andals and the first men. Matt, the tool man Williamson, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Matt, uh-huh. let's move forward now to the rest of the National Football League and what they got totally. going on this weekend. Uh, we'll get your Steelers prediction at the end of the segment. i got to keep people on their toes. The Eagles and Rams is so interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, I was just talking to Brian on the drive over here, and I-, I hate the take that the Eagles aren't for real because they've beaten a lot of bad teams then lost in Seattle. Like, they're 10-2. Give me a freaking break and analyze the units that they have. Uh, they're a really good football team, as yeah. are the Rams. So I'm not going to dismiss whichever team loses this game. What do you see happening in this football game? Yeah, and, and that that loss to Seattle, to me, the same thing to, happened to the Rams, in my opinion, when they went to Minnesota and got pushed around a little bit, too. Like, I think a young team exceeding most people's preseason expectations, young quarterback, they're going to look back at those games and say, boy, that was a valuable lesson of sure. what playoff football is kind of like. You know, and now we're ready to take another step. You know, the Rams went and beat the Saints after that. I think we're in for a really good game. Um, I'll probably take the Eagles. I don't know. I- I'm torn. I mean, I-, I think the Rams are legit. I mean, they have a really oh, yeah. good offense. I, I don't. I-, I get the impression. I don't know if you heard this, but the Rams coaches were practicing against crowd noise this week because so many Eagles fans are going to be there. Of course, I heard that. I'm a radio professional, Matt. I mean, sure, you're all over that. Yeah, uh, Seahawks at Jaguars. It's the. Legion of Boom versus the Legion of Who, 
because it's the next Legion of Terrible. That's awful by me. What do you see Wait, happening in this game? Thing, Nicknames are not your yeah, thing. It's not, uh, not, not my uh, <laughs> You know what I used to call myself in high school? No joke. I used to call myself the man. And that didn't stick, obviously. Yeah, what else? No, uh, it didn't stick. And uh, we had a dodgeball team, and on the back of our shirts, we all had our nicknames. Mine said the man. Uh, I was not the kind of guy who was the man with number 69. That's too much of wow. true man Crowley. But uh, I, I was, in fact, the man. What do you see happening wow. between the uh, Our flag Seahawks? team, I wore number wow. 69. Did you really wear 69? Yeah, Lebo did. Nice. And our flag team, obviously. Yeah, sure. What do you see? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are we talking about again? Jack? I don't know. I might just cut you. I might just end this. I might just end this right now. It's been a disaster. Yeah. Well, for you. I mean, this is my show. This is what people have come to expect. You're, you need to be better, though. Let's be real. <laughs> you, we, we expect more of you. Jaguars, Seahawks, Legion of Doom versus the Jags. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Jags win this one. You know, I mean, I think their defense is really good. Wilson is a magician at this point, though. I mean, it's so much out of script. But I, I think he, they have a tough time against that secondary. They don't run on anybody. I think he'll be under an awful lot of pressure. And I think the Seahawks defense is slipping a little bit. It just ain't what it used to be. No Sherman, no Chancellor. Kind of big. Um, their pass rush isn't as crazy as it used to be. Um, so I think Fournette does enough. And Bortles actually played well last week. Stop. Stop it. You know what, know. man? I'm not going to let now, you come. Now cut me off. Yeah, I'm not letting you come on this show and talk about how good Blake Bortles was. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, going all devil on you here. 6666 Raiders Chiefs. This is interesting to me. What's uh, six 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 mean? Six and six Raiders versus six and six Chiefs. Keep up, mm. my God! I mean, uh, you just—you don't have. I was to. born on. I was born on six six. Oh, were you? Yeah, and Lemieux's my favorite athlete. Well, that makes sense because you're a football guy. You're so, I mean, it should be Alan Fanica, but whatever. Uh, Raiders Chiefs. Well, it's interesting it's to me because the, the Chiefs have been awful. The Raiders have been consistently inconsistent all season long, so they've gotten to 6-6 six and six differently. It's in KC. Three teams tied at 6-6 six and six atop that division. What do you see in this game? Yeah, probably uh, no Peters. He's suspended. Probably Whoa. no Amari Cooper. I mean, that's big. Uh, I think the Chiefs' defense is dreadful. Their offense kind of came around last week, though, and I've believed in it, and I think the Raiders' defense is really terrible. Just a little note, the Chiefs have a very a very easy end-of-the-year schedule. The Raiders have a very difficult end-of-the-year schedule. So if Oakland loses this one, that could be the end of that company. They might be out of it. They desperately need it, but obviously everyone does. They're all 6-6, six and six, as you've talked about at length. I think I like Kansas City at home. A lot of points. That was a little bit of a shot at me there at the end, wasn't it? I talked about it at length. Yeah, you've been blabbering a lot during this segment. All right, Vikings-Panthers, go. Vikes, he's really, really good. I trust them. To, I don't think they'll make as many errors. A lot of good games. Dees and Peters, you nailed it, Matt. What do you think about Ravens-Steelers? Give me your final prediction. Steelers 34, Ravens 20. Take the over. Whoa. All right. Like it, buddy. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, man. Maybe we won't do it next week. Oh, we're doing it next week, twice in fact, so strap in, my friend. Over and out. Strap in for the goosing. Matt Williamson, breaker of chains, mother of dragons, the goose, Matty Ice.
Matt, the tool man, Williamson. Appreciate the time. 412-922-2874. If you have any reaction to what just took place, <laughs> you can air your grievances there. Of course, on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. We like to have fun. It's why I like Star Wars Night. Okay? Deal with it. We're at Carson City Saloon. Maybe we've had a couple of Bud Lights because they're on special. Goodbye. I have another segment coming up. It's a Crowley Show. Hey, Goose, you big stick! That's me, honey. They're going to knock people off in the playoffs. You can think that. And it's your opinion. Fine. But you've become enchanted with what the Baltimore Ravens used to be. You've become enchanted with what Joe Flacco used to be. I hear so much, oh, if they get in the playoffs, their defense is great. And it is. But Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, so they're going to be dangerous because Joe Flacco knows how to get it done in the big time. Stop it. He's not the same Joe Flacco. He's a fraud Joe Flacco. He's a fraud Joe Flacco. Joe Sacco. The guy sucks. He just does. He's 29th in the league in adjusted quarterback rating, which factors in all the elements of the game. He's not a good quarterback. And the offense, up until last week, didn't know what to do with him because he's so bad. And I'm sorry, when you start throwing the ball down the field against the Lions, that doesn't convince me that all of a sudden you're Joe Flacco of old. It doesn't convince me that all of a sudden you're going to start throwing the ball all over the damn yard. It doesn't convince me that they're going to be the Baltimore Ravens team that chucks the ball down the field and prays for a flag. It's not the same team. Can they beat the Steelers this week? Sure. I suppose that they could because the Steelers have a pretty big one coming up against the New England Patriots on the 17th. And I already know that Mike Tomlin's looking ahead. And the team's looking ahead. It doesn't mean that they're not focused on the Ravens, but with the injuries, with no Marcus Gilbert, with the Patriots game looming, I could see it happening. I'm not predicting that. I think the Steelers win. I do. But just because... Of all those circumstances, don't let it fool you into thinking that the Ravens can come into Heinz Field and beat them whenever all the cards are on the table. Don't let the fact that the Ravens wear that stupid Raven on the side of their helmet fool you into thinking that this is a team that can play the way that the old team used to be able to play. Because before, they had a great defense, but they also had Anquan Bolden. They had Todd Heap. They had a good offensive line and a good running game. They had great complementary pieces around Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco wasn't gun-shy. Joe Flacco's gun-shy now. Joe Flacco's checked down Charlie. He's not the same. Don't let the national narrative fool you into believing that this is a team that's going to cause problems in the playoffs. Could they win their first playoff game? Yeah, sure. Why? Because everyone else sucks. But they're not New England. They're not Pittsburgh. They're not in their class. And when everything matters, when everything's on the line, if they came into Pittsburgh, let's say Pittsburgh got the two seed, and Baltimore wound up traveling to Pittsburgh, I'm not sweating at all. I ain't afraid of junk. I'm not worried about them in the slightest. Neither's New England. And there's this narrative that because in the past the Ravens have gone to New England and given them trouble, they could do it again. Stop it. It's asinine. They're not the same team. Give me a freaking break. 412-922-2874. I texted Dale on Wednesday, 
at 9.40 in the morning. Dale Lawley from DKPittsburghSports.com and the Steelers Radio Network. And I said, hey, man, you think you'd be available for a phone interview at 6? He just texted me now. 4.46. He said, sorry, I missed your text. It's forgiven, man. You're my buddy. Dale's my favorite person in Pittsburgh media. The guy I'm closest to, I would say. So I'm going to forgive him. But here's why. Because he's a great friend. And in saying that, I bring you evidence. Dale's got numbers for me. He apologized in the text, but he said, Ravens, 0-4 against teams that are currently have a winning record, and 7-1 against non-winning teams. Frauds! Don't forget they're missing Jimmy Smith, too. Huge deal. Big deal. Huge deal. Man, you sounded like Dale a little bit there. Did I? I went yeah. all Dale on you. Yeah, huh? with the information that you provided. Yeah. God, I love Dale. Dale always reaches into the toolbox. Dale the tool man, Lolly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's just he's just the best. Forrest Dale Lolly, bringing the information. Appreciate that. Good point by you with Jimmy Smith. Who's going to cover Antonio Brown? That's the thing. Last time they met, they held Brown to what, like 40 yards or something like that? I have no idea. It was something low. They held him down low. But with that corner missing, I mean, corners have always been a problem with the Ravens for like the last five, six years. Always been a problem. And and it opens up with him out of there. It opens up. A there, defense that has 20 interceptions already this year, there's, it's, bad, it's not good news for him. No, it's a huge problem for them, certainly. And uh, to your point about A.B., first game was when A.B. flipped the Gatorade cooler yep. where he's wide freaking open in the middle of the field and men didn't throw him the ball. <laughs> so... A.B. could have had a huge performance against Baltimore, and it didn't happen. Uh, I know that people will point and say, Crowley, you are a homer for discrediting the Steelers' biggest rival and the Baltimore Ravens for not being anything, even though they're in the sixth wild card spot and they've won four games in a row. I've watched their games. All of them. They don't scare me. They just don't. And if all the cards are on the table, if all things are equal, if they played the Steelers in the playoffs, where the Steelers aren't looking ahead, where the Steelers aren't thinking about anything else, they're going to beat Baltimore. We'll see if it happens. The Steelers beat the Ravens this week. The Ravens dropped to 7-6. and six. I still think they'll make the playoffs. But this is a huge game for Baltimore, too, which is something that I haven't touched on. Similarly to Cincinnati last week, Cincinnati was in the hunt until they lost to Pittsburgh last week. Now they're two games behind Baltimore. Baltimore, they're playing for their playoff lives. And there's something to that. There, there absolutely is. They need to be at their best in order to make the playoffs. And they need to win this game in their minds. So you're going to get their best shot. It's going to be tough. I feel like the Steelers are going to win for all the reasons that I've brought up. They're frauds in my mind. But they're going to be going after it as hard as they possibly can. And I know that that's ridiculous. I mean, that's so sports radio right there. But... <laughs> They are going to be playing their asses off because they need it. There is some credit to that, though. With rivalry games, especially between these two teams, the teams get up for this game. The fans get up for this game. Are we yeah. throwing the records out? Yeah, are mean, we throwing the records out? I mean, that's almost out? the we way gotta it throw goes. The it's, out. it's Ravens week, so you kind of got to throw the it's record Ravens out. Week. I mean, I agree with everything you've said, but that's I'm always there right. is the rivalry fra- factor to this whole thing. Throw them out. Right in the trash. Brand new season. See your records. Goodbye. Make it up into a (laughs) paper airplane and just chuck it across the room. (laughs) The Ravens have given the Steelers problems up until the last two times these teams have played. 
you go back to Christmas last year, hell, the Ravens gave them problems last year. They were up 20-10 to 10 going in the fourth quarter. So they've given the Steelers trouble. This year the Steelers bludgeon them in Baltimore, which is not an easy place to play. The Steelers always get up for primetime games, but so do the Ravens. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this one goes, especially because of everything the Steelers have had to endure this week. But there's a parallel there to be drawn between what happened the first time these two teams played and what could possibly happen this time. The Steelers are distracted now because Ryan Shazier just had surgery on his freaking spine, and this is much more serious than an anthem protest or an anthem situation. But the Steelers, the last time they played Baltimore, were mired in a national quote-unquote controversy. They were mired in what had become the biggest talking point around the league and even in political circles. And yet the Steelers were able to put that aside and play good ball. So distraction to me for this team doesn't worry me. Steelers are all about battling through distraction. They just are. Antonio Brown flipping a water cooler. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm retiring. No, I'm not retiring. Uh, maybe I don't have it anymore. Oh, this Cowboy's got a few more bullets left. You got Martavis Bryant calling out Juju Smith-Schuster. They've dealt with a bunch of BS this year, and yet they're 10-2. and two. So Ryan Shazier's injury, while it is more serious than anything else they've had to endure, when you're watching film, you're watching film. When you get out there on the field, you're out there on the field playing the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I guarantee you that the Steelers' defense, when they're diagnosing what Joe Flacco's trying to do, is thinking about that present moment and not so much about what happened to Ryan Shazier. In fact, the football game might be good for these guys. I, I think the game can be a pleasant distraction from everything else that happened before. I really do. I'm interested by this one. I'm intrigued, gentlemen. But I'm not the biggest believer in the Baltimore Ravens. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I got Matt Geica coming up in a seven minutes here on the show, and he just tweeted out that he'll be joining me at five, and he said he has no idea what we're going to be talking about. Keep him guessing. Uh, Matt, the tool man, Geica. Yeah, I was just about to ask. So he doesn't have a nickname yet. Now he does. Hey, he's Matt, the tool man. Yep. Yeah. Jim tweets, I had today off, got psyched to listen to the Crowley show, and this is what I get. That was terrible with Matt. I would have cut him off in the first minute. Thank God you got more work to do. Go Steelers. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. A Matt Williamson hater? That might be the first sighting of a Matt Williamson hater that I've ever heard. I think that he was taking a shot more at me for having too much fun with Matt and not getting down to the nitty-gritty. Oh, so that was on you. Well, that's not the first time I've heard someone take a shot at you, then. No, that happens quite frequently, yeah. in fact. And here's the thing, Jim. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being excited to listen to the show. We've got analysis all day long. we got Mark Boley coming on from 6 o'clock until 7 for the Bud Light Happy Hour, and that's going to be all Stillers. We're going to get the Stillers with Matt Gatchka coming up at 5 o'clock. Matt the Toolman Gatchka. On Fridays, we like to have a little fun. And Matt has wanted a nickname for a long time. We're just trying to help him out. How dare you? In fact, Jim, give me a possible nickname for Matt. And in fact, I'd like to invite all the listeners. Give me the nicknames. Give me Matt's nickname. Give me Geica's nickname. We got Vince Commino at 540 talking penguins. I want his nickname. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about the big kaboom being Mark Caboli's nickname. That's a bad nickname. It's a bad nickname. I mean, the guy's been battling weight his whole life. You don't need to rub it in. Yeah, don't, don't, rub don't, that don't in. need to make him think about it. Yeah. Up next, Matt the Toolman Geica.
Slightly smelt kaboom. Uh-huh. Big bone kaboom. We'll workshop it. It's the Crowley Show.